Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Dan from the Spartan Gym out in London, UK. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm fine. Perfect. You? I'm good. Excited to have you here to learn more about the Spartan Gym. Before we kind of dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on there, give me a little bit of background as to, you know, what it was that led to you becoming a gym owner. Okay. Um, basically, I started training with when I was 15 and I have big love to bodybuilding. So my motivational inspiration movie was from Pumping Iron. That's a movie from 75 about Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I was, I was decided like years after to make my dream reality. Oh, and I think he's, I think when I was looking for this, I find the, I find the, the connection stop. Sorry. All right. I can hear you now. If you want to continue on, I think we yes. got interrupted there for a second, but we're back yes, on ready to go. <laughs> um, so every single one of them has clothes hanging off of them. Three of them are returning them back to the company. I was like, look, I will show you the value I provide. I was like, you there is some sort of audio issue coming in on your end, Dan. We can just go ahead and restart if you want. Those products might not um, I'm hearing someone else as well in the conversation. Yeah, I hear some audio as well. I don't have any other tabs or anything open, so I think it's coming from your side. The accountability piece is huge. You know, it's like when you have somebody that's there waiting for you that knows if you don't show. Sorry, something. Do you hear me now? Sorry. I can hear you now. Yes. Oh yeah. Sorry, something. I think the the one of the podcast started playing. I don't know how. Uh, okay. okay. Now everything is normal. Let's go ahead and restart. Okay. Yes. Alrighty. Three, two, one. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Dan from the Spartan Gym out in London, UK. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm very good. How are you? I'm good. Excited to have you here. Kind of give us a little bit of background, Dan. What was it that led to you going and opening up the Spartan Gym? Um, so that's my first dream when I was uh, when I was young. Like I started training when I was 15 years old. Now I'm 29. So my love was first to bodybuilding. I want to start competing in bodybuilding, and most of my motivation was comes from there and to continue and build my old gym. So uh, I have one inspiration movie which which is called Pumping Iron. And when I was looking to buy my gym, I find it very similar, like the same one from the movie. So as soon as I seen it on the advert, I go to check straight away who's offering it. And month after, I was already own owner. Okay. So really, you were inspired, um, you know, from your history doing bodybuilding to kind of create a space where others can do that and you can continue your training as well. Um, so kind of give us your best elevator pitch or your best description of the Spartan gym, who you are, what different services that you provide, kind of paint a picture for our listener here. Um, we have uh, different classes for kickboxing and boxing. Uh, we're doing also mixed martial arts wrestling and uh, we have uh, two gym floors with weights one boxing room and another room with weights uh, basically the gym is like the oldest in london from 60s but i took it over three years ago and i just keep it the same old school like style 
which is a lot of people liking it. And um, what should I say more? Um, okay, so kind of you guys have that open model, like people like that old school vibe, come in, get in their workout, head home. But on top of that, you've also have some classes, which is smart because with the classes, there's always going to be people who prefer that group kind of atmosphere rather than working out on their own. On top of that, do you guys offer personal training? Yes, me personally, I'm doing one-on-one trainings, like five to six hours a day. Okay. Do you have other personal trainers or is it just you right now? Yes, I have another six guys. Okay, sweet. So if you look at the business here for a second, what percentage of your revenue would you say is coming from the personal training side of things? I think it's maybe 70% of that. 70%? Yes. That's really good. Um, I mean, typically like in a model gym like this, it's much lower than that. What do you feel attributes to such a high personal training percentage? Because the people like uh, to have their uh, own, like create program, special specialized program for them, like nutrition advice to have more attention on them when they exercising, because I'm helping to everyone. It's not only the clients, which I training one-to-one is like for every single one who's entering the gym. Mm-hmm. So with your personal training side of things, you said you have seven other trainers utilizing the space. Um, do they pay rent to you or like how, what model do you follow? Are they employees? Do the trainers pay rent? Kind of what model do you follow and why? Um, they pay me rent mostly or uh, some of them, which don't, they don't have like regular sessions weekly. It's like certain percent of what they earn on top. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a couple smart ways to do that. When we take a percentage of what they're making, like we can, the gym still benefits, like if they have two clients versus if they have 40 clients, the gym is benefiting. When we take monthly rent, there's only like a certain amount that we're going to get. And like, it's not going to surpass that. So like, um, I really like the percentage model there. Um, now, kind of to follow up with that, um, are you in a position where you guys would like to grow that personal training side of things within the gym? Um, at the moment, this is all right because my my timetable is always full, and I'm just uh, this is my maximum capacity, like for me personally, like from six to eight guys a day, because. If you provide them like hundred percent customer service, is it, it, it takes a lot of power and strength as well. It, it sure does. Um, so you you know your book is completely full when it comes to personal training. So kind of let's talk a little bit about the membership portion here. You have an open gym model. How does the membership work? Is there just one standard membership? Are there different levels to your membership? Um, kind of what options do you have? Uh, we have uh, different memberships, like for men's is one price, for females is uh, another price, for students as well. We have discount. We have discounts for three months, for six months, for one year. Uh, it's not. It's not subscription. It's like uh, pay as you go. You pay before, before you join in. Okay. And- so you said it's kind of it's not a subscription. It is pay as you go. Yes. Um, so There's no separate it- charges and fees. Okay. So um, do they pay every single time that they come in, or do they pay for like a month and then pay for another month? How exactly does that work? Yes, for example, if someone make a membership like for one month, it's like from date, from example, from seven to seven next month. And like this, when it's time for renewal, we send them automatic messages for when it's coming for renewal. Okay. Um, so why, like, why do you not offer a, um, like a reoccurring monthly that auto automatically bills them? Why is that something that you don't offer at your facility? 
uh, that's the thing which I hate because I've been member to another gyms and sometimes like I'm not even going to see the gym, but they keep taking like the money for the membership. And there is most of them like contracts for three to four months. And most of my members, members in the gym like this because it's not putting them on pressure. Like the money is going to be taken, like they're using the gym when they need to. Right. And I think like our members are always going to like that. I think like generally people like not being auto billed for things. But when we look at it from a business standpoint, as a business owner, like step back and like think about what's smart for the business here. What makes sense is to have like a certain amount of money coming in every single month, month after month that we know we can count on that reoccurring revenue. When we give people the option of, hey, just pay for a month, not everybody is going to come back the next month. So from a business standpoint, it's not the most effective way of doing things, but it seems to have worked okay for you. Do you feel like you lose a lot of members every month or just like a few here and there? Um, no, this depends. Like if I like most like how they doing my rating for customer service. So when you look after them, they never going to be disappointed. Like, right. uh, for example, if they have a chance to pay just this month for them is more happier. Or for example, they're going to say this gym, they charge me for three months and I've been only inside like five days. They're going to start putting bad reviews on my rating. So I'm looking at this more. Mm -hmm. So um, kind of to ask you, if you were to offer a reoccurring billing, but offer your members a free cancellation, they can cancel whenever they want. Is that something that your members would dislike? Do you feel like? Not dislike, but it's not going to be a big percentage than from the people who already have it. Okay. Because I've tried it back in the time and it didn't work through. And I think this is mostly because my gym is not like very big commercial gyms like the other ones, which you can set up online membership. Here always you need to come and sign inside the gym to start using it. So it's, it's like that. Okay. So um, talk to me a little bit about the membership here. Um, what is the square footage of your space? I think it's uh, 5,000 square feet. Okay. And how many members do you guys have right now? Between 150, 200 members a month. Okay. Can you say that again? You said like 100 to 150? 150 to 200 members a month. Okay. Is that a place where you, you guys feel pretty comfortable, pretty confident? Or are you guys like in a position where you ideally would like to take on more members to help grow the business? Yes, at the moment is is all right because like this is our capacity and like of the personal trainers have their work and you just keep going like this. Yeah, so I'm kind of a little bit confused because like, do you guys have members that come in that aren't personal training? Like they just come in and work in on, on their own or is everybody doing personal training? No, there is a lot of uh, members who's coming to trade by themselves, but I mean, we always looking after them, even if it's not a one-on-one training, we support them, the people who need it. Okay. So you're not really, cause, cause you feel like right now the space is being pretty utilized. You couldn't take on any more members. Is that what you're saying? No, I can take more members, but I mean, personally, I cannot train them like one on you can't do like one-on-ones with them got you so what does that process look like like where are you guys going to look to find more regular members for the gym um mostly comes from uh social networks and uh from google services i think the google services is doing the best jobs when you have a good rating on your place yeah so um you know, with the the Google, that's great because the people who are looking for a gym, they're going to type in like gym near me and they're going to find you. Exactly. So that's easy. That's easy marketing for us. Um, but you also mentioned there that you're using some social networks. Which ones are you using um, 
at uh, your facility? Um, Instagram and Facebook, but mostly the gym profiles is not being used. The personal trainers mostly advertising them, and this is how it happens. In the Facebook and Instagram, is just have media of the gym, like pictures of the gym. We don't upload like random videos and different pictures. It's only main the gym, how it looks. And the personal trainers, the advertising with videos from the sessions, from the classes. Yeah. So if you guys were to utilize the social media to advertise the actual membership part of the gym, not the personal training part of the gym, um, do you think that that is something that would benefit you and help you get more people in the front door that are interested in just that normal membership rather than PT? Probably they're always welcome, but uh, most of the people, they want someone to take care of them, like to provide them good customer service, like right. when they need it. If someone needs to be spot with something or like this. Yeah. So what about the classes? Like, is there any room there for you guys to fit new people into those kind of, like you mentioned, Zumba, MMA, boxing? Is there room in, in those areas to grow? Um, yes, in the hours which there is no classes. Okay. There are certain hours where which we have timetable and they can check in which time is possible to use these facilities. Okay. Um, so I want to ask you a unique question here, unique to you, because I think that we all have our own struggles when it comes to the business, what has been the biggest challenge for you and what are you doing to work on overcoming that? Um, the biggest challenge, like personal or for the gym? For, uh, your biggest business related challenge. Um, my business related challenge, um, I'm not sure probably I reach it to that, but I don't have new idea for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think everybody, you know, there's always going to be kind of one thing when it comes to running a business, no matter what kind of business we own, whether it be a gym or a restaurant or a medical practice, whatever it is, we own a business, there's always going to be kind of that one thing that we're still trying to figure out whether it be how do we find more clients or how do we make more money or how do we keep our clients longer? Is there really anything that stands out to you when it comes to operating your business that you feel like you could improve on? I think I don't have anything to improve because I think uh, everything is like filled up like all of the things for the gym, like the how we work together with the other personal trainers, the timing. For me, everything is balanced at the moment and I just want to keep going in that line. Like, I don't think there is anything to improve in that place. If I, maybe if I have like very big gym, like three or four times bigger, maybe I would have some more ideas. But at the moment, now is that's like the full maximum of yeah. myself want to kind of continue on like this path of like keeping everything balanced and um you know at its capacity that's kind of what it sounds like for you right now um now what would be like if you could have a magic wand and all your dreams and all your goals for your business came true right there's no financial limitations or anything like that what would the picture look like for you Probably I would have 10 times bigger gym, like Gold's gym or something like worldwide gym, like Beano's in Dubai or something like this, like with a lot of cardio facilities another some fighting clubs, maybe restaurant inside, very big open plan, like for the gym facilities, machines. Yeah, I think like all of us like want to have, ideally, like when we think of that magic one, we think of like a bigger gym more equipment yes probably i think this is my next goal like to have a bigger gym mm -hmm. so what has to happen like what within your business right now has to happen to make it a reality for you to have a bigger gym down the road 
Um, this probably there is a lot of things, but um, maybe because nowadays there's a lot of big inflation in the business and before you start doing it, maybe you need to think how you can afford it. And mm-hmm. now I become in that years or my age, like where I'm thinking before I start doing something. Yeah. No, I definitely understand that, that now is like very go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I understand kind of like where you're coming from. And a lot of us, like a lot of people go and they open up a gym, like, cause they think like, oh, it's going to be fun. I'm going to have a place to train, but like, you really need to think about it before you do it and make sure that you have like all of your bases covered financially, or you're just kind of like digging yourself a hole. Um, so just like, make sure that you think first, like, like you had mentioned there. I think as well, the most important is the health before the financial situation and like your mental state, how you're feeling, like if you have enough, like positive energy and power to provide to the people who you're seeing every day and how like you can act nicely to everyone with positive energy. Mm-hmm. And then it comes like the financial state, which uh, you need to be sure like you can afford all of the bills, which is going through up nonstop every month mm-hmm. as well. So kind of want to ask you, what piece of advice would you want to give somebody who maybe just stepped into the shoes of becoming a gym owner? Um, exactly this to think about first about his health if he can keep doing this for next uh, 10 15 or 20 years to have big picture and to be ready for anything else because in business is happening always unexpected things we have always some adventures yeah there's definitely always always um Lots of unexpected twists and turns the past few years for our industry have been crazy. And it was something that we never would expect to happen, happen. Like but the you COVID. Have to, yeah. Yeah. You have to be ready to, to take on anything. So I really appreciate that. What is the social media page for our, the gym? Where can our listeners go if they want to follow you guys online? It's Spartan Gym UK in Instagram. That's the name of the profile. <laughs> Easy enough for us to find. Thank you for being here today, Dan. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. Our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Tanner Allen with Journey Training out of Arizona. Tanner, what's going on, man? Happy Monday. How are you feeling today? Great, man. It's been a good morning. It's my second week back into the gym. Just had our third baby. And so, yeah, getting back into the rhythm of things. There we go. Well, congratulations. And uh, we're excited to have you on. I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with journey training. And uh, we'll start with a very basic question to give the viewers some perspective. You know, Tanner, how many members are you serving currently? We're about 125 members right now. And for you, I mean, what's been the best source of getting people interested and just through the door in general? It's a good question. As far as our group training, because we do offer group training, personal training, and work with athletes, uh, group training, we get a lot of referrals. And so people who've just really enjoyed their time with us, had great results, uh, loved the group culture and the 
the ethos of our gym. We get a lot of referrals and that's kind of our leading uh, source of new clients. And then as far as personal training goes, 99% of people find us on Google. And so we get a lot of people for personal training uh, based off Google searches and, and that's worked well for us. Gotcha. And well, let's say this, let's say, I mean, obviously square footage is always a factor, right? But let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things are hypothetically unlimited. I mean, realistically, how much higher could you guys go than that like 115 mark? I mean, what does maximum capacity look like? Yeah, we, our, our entire facility is about 4,200 square foot. We have about 3,000 square foot of just pure gym uh, space. The rest of that is restrooms, a shower, front office. And then we have two offices up front that are used by a physical therapist and a massage therapist. So in terms of just training and fitness, I would say between 75 and 100 would be like upper upper limit. I would have to hire more coaches. We would probably have to add more classes into the, the mix. Uh, we would start co-coaching group classes. Right now we have coaches a single coach leading a class. And so we definitely have room to grow. Um, as every gym owner knows and every coach knows, the challenge is, qual is quantity, right? Not just qu quality or, sorry, quality, not quantity. We wanna keep the quality of training. We don't wanna just grow our numbers and make more money while simultaneously losing a lot of clients. Uh, we do have really good retention. And so, yeah, I think that's the challenge is just providing great quality service while still trying to grow and, and be profitable. Um, and so, yeah, I would say about 75 to hundred would be the upper limit, but that would take quite a bit more help in terms of coaching staff and, and additional people involved. I love that. I, I love the mindset on, on just the fact that, Hey, you know, we're not trying to jeopardize the experience just for financial gratification. Um, which I think is awesome. I think that's great. Now everybody sees it that way. And so I guess, let's say long-term, five, 10 years down the road, Tanner, I mean, what are you guys trying to accomplish with, with journey training? I would love if I'm still called to, to be a coach, to oversee gyms. Um, I would love to, to build a second gym out. I think there's been some challenges in terms of location you know, being in Tempe, we're kind of central to most of the surrounding cities here in Arizona, but we do have quite a bit of clients coming from a little bit further east. And there's been questions of maybe building a gym out in Chandler, Gilbert area, which are some of the fastest growing cities in the U.S. actually. And so I would love to open a second gym to, to meet a new demographic, to cut some of the travel time that people are having here. Um, like I said, it would take a lot of personnel. So I envision maybe another five to 10 coaches um, having a coach step into more of a management role with our Tempe location. I currently am kind of the acting manager and oversee the bigger vision of the gym, marketing, um, the overall client experience. That's my responsibility. But as we continue to grow in clientele, I would love to have a coach fill in as a full-time manager. They would begin to program for the gym and then I could oversee both locations. Um, and then secondly, just more on a personal note, I would love to do a little bit more consulting and kind of coaching coaches in the future. And so I would see myself running gyms, but also stepping into more workshops and developing trainers who are kind of up and coming into the industry that, if I was to go back 10 years ago and write down a list of all the things that I wish I knew, I would love to pour into coaches in that regard and say, here's what I've learned over the last decade plus of coaching. And here's what will make you successful, whether you want to own a gym or just be in the fitness space uh, as a career. I would love to do that as well. That's awesome. Have, have you taken initiative on that? Have you started that? I think that's a great direction to go. Yeah. As of right now, I think the, the learning curve of managing employees and managing other coaches is kind of giving me the, the foundation, the groundwork to do that. Sure. We have our first intern as of a little over a month. Uh, we, we hired our first intern. And so I'm actually in the process of kind of developing a curriculum or a system of how we do things here at Journey. 
there's been several things that have been written down in paper and and these are kind of our ways of doing things in terms of journey training um mm-hmm. but now with an intern there's certain roles and responsibilities that i have in my head but i've never written down and that's a that's a challenging but necessary process of getting a system down and growing and scaling and so juggling my own training schedule and my my current clients that I work with but also making time each week to coach and develop my coaches and then also uh, develop an intern which likely he will turn into an employee soon so that's the that's the goal but to replicate this and do this again uh, we're in the process of of getting all that stuff written down Um, so I'm kind of utilizing this time right now to systemize and to make this a little bit easier and more efficient when we have a new intern, when we have new hires, that things have been kind of streamlined and so we can do them better. I love it. I love it. I got one more question for you, which is kind of a a great transition here to kind of finish up here. You know, if you could go back in time, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now, Tanner, and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you? That's a great question. I did have a mentor when I first started training. I had a mentor who kind of helped me. I was actually renting space and he was slowly helping me out. So he did teach me a lot of valuable things. I would say the one thing that he didn't didn't help me with and and not to his fault, um, just to the maybe the fault of the industry is we're, we're coached and we're developed. <laughs> my daughter, her baby. I'm like, come on, yeah, get out of here. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I studied kinesiology. And so everything in school and education and the certifications within this industry are all geared around physiology, anatomy, right? Biomechanics, you know, the science of movement. And there's very little emphasis on uh, growing a business and actually developing the necessary skills to to manage a business well. And I think a lot of trainers, myself included, struggle with that early on, especially those who go out on their own to develop the skill sets necessary to actually scale a business. I mean, there's a lot of turnover in this industry. You do great work with somebody, right? You, You give them a fat loss transformation that is amazing and everyone sees it and and then they leave you three months later and it's like, what happened, right? Like I did great work with you and, and that's the nature of the business. Um, and so my advice for coaches or myself, you know, if I were to go back would just be to, to really dig into the necessary things of growing a business and scaling a business. Right. Um, I do things now on a, on a personal level with clients and digging into the trenches with them, uh, on a relational level that build higher gym retention rates. We have really, really good retention with our clients. We keep people for years. I think last time I checked, you know, the average retention for a great gym is around 11 to 13 months per client. And we're far over that. So we don't really need to go and find new clients because we're actually keeping clients far better than we ever have in the past. And so, yeah, my encouragement would be for coaches to develop the relationship skills, the communication skills, to organize their schedule well, to maximize their income on an hourly basis. A lot of coaches are out there who are grinding and doing really, really good work and they're working hard for their clients, but they're making very little money off of it. And I think coaches deserve to get paid more, especially the coaches that get great results for their clients. So finding strategic ways to maximize how many clients they can see to maximize their profit per hour and actually give them an income that they can go home and say, man, my full-time job is training. I don't need an additional job plus training to, to pay my bills and to be happy with, you know, my life. And so, yeah, I think that was a process of five to 10 years of really figuring out how can I do this full time um, and, and managing people and managing employees and hiring people, like really digging into that stuff. So I think bottom line comes down to finding a great mentor and someone who's done it before you and coming under their wing and really soaking up all the knowledge that they have and someone that you respect and that you've seen them do it successfully. Um, that, that would be my encouragement. I'll tell you what, Tanner, that was a mic drop of an answer, man. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. 
But before we sign out, I mean, please, if you have any social media, a Facebook website, anything at all, let the viewers know where can they find out more about you and the gym? Yeah, we keep it pretty simple. Uh, we're just on journey. Uh, we're on Instagram at, at journey training, all one word, J U J O U R N E Y training. Um, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, you can get lost in the social media world. So we just keep it simple. We're just on Instagram and that's where we live. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here, okay? Cool. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, Till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have P- Pierce, excuse me, Pierce from Raise the Bar, coming to you from Belfast, Northern Ireland. Pierce, what's going on? How are you today? Yeah, not too bad, Joe. Thanks for having me on today. I am excited to have you here. I always enjoy the conversation with a a business owner, not just a gym owner, but a business owner from a country outside of the U.S. It always helps to kind of compare and contrast how things are and, and share best practices along the way. Pierce, for the people that listen to this podcast that aren't familiar with Raise the Bar, give us a little bit of context first and foremost. What is this gym and and what is this business really about? Yep. So uh, we opened about four years ago. Uh, Well, before years this December. Um, uh, When I originally opened, like we opened with about 60 members, uh, I had zero intention or, or thought process of it being what it is today which i'm sure we'll, we'll get into in a little bit yeah. um but essentially one of the main reasons I, and where the name sort of stems from as well is like raise the bar so like our little slogan which we don't really use so much anymore is like raising the standards of the fitness industry mm-hmm. so like that was our goal when we first opened was like you know we we sort of i well i looked around at what was going on in the industry around me and i thought that things could be done better um, and that's what we've kind of strived to do from the day we opened is, you know, delivering an awesome service to our members, getting fantastic results um, and giving a little bit back to the, the industry as well, if we can. Sure. And, and so take us back. The, the genesis of this whole thing rooted in wanting to do things and provide a bet, better of a service. So take us back, not even to the day that the, de- that the doors opened. Take us back to the day that the idea popped into your head. What was going on for you and, and why raise the bar? How did this come about? Yeah, so I, before raise the bar, I was an independent, working in independent gyms as self-employed PT. So like renting space, basically. Um, and the most recent gym that I worked in before raise the bar, I was like, I was bringing in a lot of people. Um, and I sort of felt like, the, the the owners of that gym at the time were like kind of taking advantage of my skill set you know they were always moving the goalposts in terms of like how much my rent was or how much membership clients should be paying um like making me pay extra for renting other sp- parts of the gym to run boot camps and stuff out of uh, and it just sort of started to get me thinking like maybe there's there's better ways of of doing this like why should i always be like 
making somebody else money, you know, when yeah. I could, when, when I could potentially sort of go out and do it myself. So like I was originally like one-to-one coaching and, and doing a little bit of boot camp stuff. But whilst I was in that other gym, I started kind of transitioning my members in the small group. So I was actually running small group PT sessions within uh, somebody else's facility whilst sort of keeping my eyes peeled for uh, units popping up in, in, in Belfast. They opened something up and then eventually we, we got, well, this room that I'm in right now, actually we didn't have when we first opened because this is an extension of the unit, but uh, we eventually found something. And about two months later, so literally two months after finding the unit, I'd, I'd moved in and opened up Raise the Bar. Yeah. And so it's it's crazy how things happen like that. We didn't quite anticipate it unfolding, but dealing the cards that were dealt, here we are. Yeah. In the years that you've been a gym owner, I think this is a valuable question for, for our listeners. What's been the best part about running this business for you? And what's been the hardest part about running this business for you? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I would say the best part has actually been the fact that I've, because of the, the way the business is now, that I've gained back so much more time at home. So I actually get the swap three kids uh, and I'm married. So uh, when I first opened, like I was literally here 12, 13, 14 hours per day, whereas now like I spend a couple of hours in the gym in the mornings and then I'm home the rest of the day. So for me, that's the best part now. I know that's personal, but you know, because of the way I have the business, it allows me to be able to do that. Um, I would say the hardest part has probably been finding a team that's good enough to allow me to take that step back because I've had, you know, I've gone through quite a, a few team members in the past. We're pretty settled now. The guys that are here now have been here for a, a few years. But previous to that, it was hard finding staff that I could comfortably delegate roles to and, and not feel that I needed to be micromanaging them, should we say? Yeah. Staffing and, and training is a rabbit hole that you and I could go down and probably talk for hours and hours and hours. But unfortunately we don't have that kind of a time frame. Yeah. For the, the sake of today, at least uh, walk us through kind of the business as it stands today. We've mentioned it's been four years in, but tell us a little bit about how that is actually delivered. The service that you guys provide for the most part is in kind of the, the small group nature. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So we, um, it's one to six. So we have one coach for every six clients. We deliver small group. Um, we, we call it small group personalized training. Like we really emphasize the personalized because not, not sure what it's like in America, but over here, like a lot of people call it small group PT when really what it is, is it's small group classes. Yeah, uh, it ends up being like 15 and we call it. Yeah. No, I agree. Like very, very little personalization goes on, you know, programs aren't really tailored much for people. So we very much focus on that personalized element of it. You know, if you come into one of our sessions, like, yes, you may well have six people doing very similar things, but then the next session you could walk in and there could be six people on six completely different programs. And we have one coach then delivering that session. Um, we're very service-based. So like for us, it's not just about delivering an awesome coaching session. Like we we do a lot more than that. So like we're big fo- big focus on nutrition and, and helping our clients with lifestyle habits. We're big on community. So we're absolutely massive on like events. So like pretty much every single month, we, don't, we do some sort of event with our, our members. Um, a lot of our members actually refer to us as their, their family, like the RTB family. You've got that kind of vibe mm-hmm. going. Um, because I think because we keep the group so small as well and we don't allow it to get excessive where there's 12, you know, 15 people in one session, it allows us to keep that small community-based sort of feeling about it as well. Yeah. Now, as someone who's spent time as a one-on-one personal trainer i feel like i know the answer to this already but what spoke to you about the small group model more so than sticking with the one-on-one sessions the energy and the sessions um you know when you're training a group of people there's just you have to be have a lot more energy about you you know you're you need to be really switched on in the sessions you have to be paying awful close attention to what everybody's doing but then I also think when when there's in a group environment and you have lots of different personalities in the groups 
like they bring a lot of energy to the sessions. They're, they're, they're a lot more fun. The clients find them far more motivating. Like I found when I was delivering one of the ones that, you know, if you had a client for a while, it almost became like a counseling session. You know, we had spend the majority of the session chatting about their problems with a yeah, little, there's bit a lot of, of downtime. Yeah. With a yeah. little bit of training thrown in. Whereas, you know, we've got a nice balance here with the groups where yes, we get to know our clients on a real personal level. Like we all, we know, you know, what's going on in their lives outside of, of, of training with us. Um, but we also are able to focus on, you know, getting done what needs to get done in sessions. I think that's what groups, what happens when you're training a group. You haven't got that time to just, you know, stand around and be chatting to people because there's other people in the room that, that you need to be coaching. Yeah. And let me chime in on this because from a purely numbers or financial standpoint, if you're working with just one person at a time, there's a very limited window or a very limited ceiling in how many people we can serve, right? You guys being one to six, immediately multiply that times at least six, right? And then the business has the opportunity to grow far more than just the individual trainer. For you, Pierce, getting that that avatar, that person, ideal client looking for a semi-private training atmosphere, what's been working for you guys from a marketing standpoint? How are you guys getting people through the doors in the first place? Yeah, so we have quite a few strategies that, that we use. I suppose the main one would be paid, paid advertising. Um, so quite, for quite a few years, like we were the only gym in, in Belfast that was really running paid ads. So I think that's attributed to us growing so fast. We're, we're probably one of the biggest facilities in, in Belfast. Um, so yeah, paid ads has been a massive contribution, but we also, we're fairly consistent with all of our other marketing strategies. So like we, we retarget lapsed uh, members, we retarget lapsed challengers, we retarget um, leads that didn't sign up through email and um, we're very active on our social media. Um, but I feel that we're very different on our social media compared to other businesses. Like when I look around at other facilities, they just seem to be posting stuff for the sake of posting it. Whereas we kind of try and almost give people a bit of an insight into what it would be like to train with us. You know, a lot of our contents like video reels and and things like that, rather than just generic posts. Mm. Um, So yeah, we've got multiple strategies like email and text and paid ads. So we're, we're, we do quite a lot. I think an important thing for us to, to distinguish here is who that responsibility falls to. I think a lot of the, the gyms that you're talking about with these generic posts, they're generic because nobody really has the time to do it, right? We're, we're kind of scrambling as a business. For you guys, is that something you guys tackle in-house or is this outsourced? Yeah, so we outsourced um, just recently. We, so we, we previously outsourced to someone else who um, is actually a friend of mine. I'm, I'm sure if he watches this, he won't mind me saying this, but the posts were very generic um, and they weren't really speaking to the demographic that we that we target uh, yep. in the way we wanted it to. Yep. And then just recently, we were actually at a, um, a, a business workshop and a phrase, the, the guy that we sort of handed over to is actually an, another gym owner friend of mine. So like we've known each other for a couple of years and he had put a lot of effort into his own socials and was noticing the the benefits from it. So we've outsourced it to him. Um, and from we have, so we've been doing that now for about six weeks, like the, the difference in even the interaction that we are getting from, you know, potential clients and existing clients on, on our social platforms is, is crazy. Yeah. And, and in a six week window, we don't have a ton of data, but we know this is going fairly well yeah, so far. Is that something that you think you'll lean in even heavily even more so too, as things go on? Yeah, well, it's funny that because, so he looks after the social media side of things, whereas the actual marketing side of things, as in paid ads, I, I do that. Ah, um, okay. Yep, so I, I look after that side of things. He just runs like our social media for us. Um, but from him doing that and really focusing on, on video content, it's actually made me start thinking a lot better about, the type of content that I'm going to use, the, the creatives that I'm going to use on our ads. Like I'm getting really adventurous with that stuff. Like I've just, 
ordered like a inflatable Santa suit and a an elf suit. Like so, I'm gonna like, and I'm not the type of guy like I'm a 16 year old man, so it's gonna look quite funny me in these things. But mm-hmm. like that's gonna be really eye catching when people see the ads. Um, so what he's doing for us has made me really think about that side of things a lot more and how we can kind of take a little bit of what he's doing for us on our socials and put it across into our paid advertising as well. Yeah. And so kind of, I, I appreciate the clarification there because the content arm of social media and the paid advertising side of social media, these are different, but not mutually exclusive. Typically one feeds into the other yeah. fairly well. We've found some success in you running the ads in-house. Is that something that you taught yourself how to do or is this yeah, so like a trial uh, and error kind of thing? Yeah, so like just kind of playing around with it for a while and then I, I probably signed up to like, you know, so like some sort of course that mm. taught me a, a little bit more about it. And then since okay. then, it's just been sure. a case um, playing around with it. It's actually at the point now where I help other gyms, not not in Belfast as such, but other gyms in Northern Ireland actually run their ads as well. Okay, good. So we've got a number of different sources for these leads to come in, Pierce. Take me to the next step in the process. Leads are just leads. Doesn't mean anything to the business until there's a, a financial exchange. When that person reaches out, walk me through what that sales process is like. Who's handling that process? What's the conversation entail? What are they signing up for? Yep. So uh, anybody a plan to us is, is always for our six-week challenge. So we run a front-end offer, which is a six-week challenge. Um, and anybody a plan. So we have a, a client care manager who'll basically take care of all of our sales. We've automations and, and everything set up as well, which is, is part of the process. But generally what will happen is a lead comes in, They'll get an automated text thanking them for a plan for our program, letting them know that somebody's going to reach out to them pretty sharpish. And then we'll get on the call and, and, and have a conversation. So we'll you know be trying to identify what their struggles are, what they feel like they need help with. Obviously, we don't just want to sell the program. We want to sell the results. So how can we provide a solution to their problems, which is why the majority of our call, we would let them speak and really probe and get as much information out of them as possible. And then we'll just relate that to like, well, this is how our six-week challenge initially. So we don't sell it as like a transformation. We'll sell it more as like it's a kickstart. So we'll, we'll you know, talk them through how we can initially help them with their problems with the six-week challenge and, and then potentially longer term. And then if somebody signs up, we usually take them through like a, a bit of a group onboarding. So we've got a, a fairly... Um, concrete customer journey so like in terms of like what happens when somebody actually signs up to the program all the way through to them you know completing their six-week challenge to then becoming a full member and 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 even beyond because we don't want to kind of stop that you know really good level of customer service when somebody signed up as a member yeah and so it's a it's a thorough process we have an automated arm to it we have a manual component with a human reaching out they're coming in, having a conversation, gathering data, the target being a six-week front-end offer entry point yeah. with the intention of rolling into a membership beyond that. Is it you that's handling a lot of this process, Pierce, or is this sort of a by-committee amongst your team? Yeah, so I don't really handle any of that process. So sales um, would be our client care manager. Uh, okay. Then from the onboarding, so once somebody signed up to our program, we do an intro program, an intro session. So they basically come into the gym, um, they get free tea and coffee, they get a little gift bag. Um, we go through a bit of a presentation. So it's like, you know, this is what they expect in the first six weeks. We get them set up on our booking system and then we assign them all to an accountability coach. So it's the coaching team that do that. So then they would be checking in with that person every week. You know, seeing how they're getting on with their training nutrition, if they need support with anything else. Um, and then towards the end of the the challenge, then it would be the coaching team again who would be reaching out. So we do a, a conversion call. So we do these over the phone just because it, it suits our setup. Yep. So we book, book them in for a call and basically we, we tell them it's a feedback call, but generally we're having a conversation about how we can be a good fit for them long term. Sure. And that's where we're that's where we're basically signing them up and they are recurring memberships. Understood. Okay. And so 
hopefully converting a, a high number of those people beyond that point, Pierce, I think the model that you're in, the, the real battle is won and lost in retention, it would seem like to me. Yeah. What influences people's longevity of membership with you the most? Um, I would say, well, there's, there's two. So results, you know, generally because of the amount of money we charge, like people want to be seeing, seeing some form of results. And obviously everybody has what, what's a result of one person is different to the next, you know, somebody's could be body composition change. Another one could be improving their, their fitness strength, whatever it may be. So I'd say that's the first thing is consistently helping people get results. And then the second thing I would say is, is community, you know, people, a lot of our, we're predominantly um, 40 plus our client base and it is, it's mostly women. So for a lot of them, they enjoy the social aspect. You know, they have friends here at the gym now they've been training with us for a while. So they enjoy that, you know, that sort of feeling of coming into the gym, training with their friends. A lot of them do things outside of the gym with each other and I and stuff. So I think they are the two key components for us as results uh, and community. Okay. Zoom out on all of that in the, the greater acquisition process. If we think about it as a funnel, not a, a crazy analogy, lead gen at the top, how many people were pulling in, conversions somewhere in the middle and retention down at the bottom. As you move forward as a business, where do you think the biggest opportunity for improvement is? Biggest opportunity for improvement? Um... I would say acquisition on the acquisition end, you know, our attrition is usually below sort of 4%. We don't lose a lot of people. Um, I would say for us, like to kind of put in the perspective why I'm saying acquisition is like where we're at now. I mentioned earlier that we for years were the only gym in Belfast running ads. Whereas now we've got within four miles of us, probably 15 gyms running ads. Now we still acquire you know, 20, 30 new, new clients every month. But if we, where we have most opportunity is getting more people in on the front end because our conversions usually about 70%, which is, is decent, you know, for every 10 people, we convert seven. And then our attrition, I, I, I personally believe anything under sort of five, four or 5% is, is pretty good. Sure. Uh, and I, I, there, I, I think the service we already offer is probably as good as it'll ever get. Um, so yeah, I think if we can if we can get more people in front end, then that's where we've got the most opportunity to grow. Yeah. And I think it makes a lot of sense, right? For a semi-private model like this, if we can keep retention low, or excuse me, attrition low, not retention, yeah. attrition low, we're gonna be in a good spot, right? These people are sticking. We want them to stick. The business can build with that foundation in place now let's pour some gasoline on it right let's let's figure out how to scale within control for you guys at least big picture this thing for me pierce at least in the short term it sounds like growth is the name of the game but where is this all trending what in your mind is the future for raise the bar yeah so we 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 kind of have a clear um roadmap shall we say so the aim is within the next 12 months is we're actually going to open a second facility um so where we're at now where our max capacity is around 230 which we're expecting based on our numbers because we track everything we have been for the last couple of years i think we'll we'll hit that number by about um the middle of next year um and then we've actually already sat down with an accountant and we've kind of pre-planned opening a second facility so in terms of like, you know, opening from scratch, because it's going to be in a, it will be here in Northern Ireland, but we're going to open probably 30 to 45 minutes away from our existing location. So we can target, you know, a completely different area, different pool of people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the aim is that within the next 12 months that we are at least either, you know, open in a second facility or it's in the process of happening. Yeah another conversation that could take us hours yeah. and hours and hours in a totally different direction. We're running a bit shy on time here and I wish we had greater time because that's a tremendously valuable conversation going from location one to location two. There are all kinds of opportunities 
paired with all kinds of potential pitfalls at the same time. So that'll be really, really interesting to see how that shapes up for you guys. For the time being here, Pierce, before we sign out, why don't you tell our listeners where they could learn a little bit more about Raise the Bar? What's the best website or what's the best social media for them to go to? Yeah, so probably our Instagram. So like I say, we're putting a lot of our content through Instagram at the minute. So Raise the Bar Belfast is our um, Instagram uh, tag, if you, I think is what you call it. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's probably the best place to be able to see a bit of uh, the type of content we're putting out there at the minute and you know, maybe get a bit of a visual as to the type of message that we're trying to get across to our, our demographic, being an over 40s demographic. We'll see us talk about back pain a lot and shoulder pain and how we can help with that sort of stuff. So yeah, raise the bar Belfast. Yeah, straightforward and simple enough. Pierce, this has been a bunch of fun, man. I, I really appreciate your willingness to share an inside look into raise the bar and, and what's gone well for you and where you guys are still looking for improvement into the future. I can't wait to see what this looks like in a year. It sounds like there's a lot of moving parts. So stay tuned, pay attention to raise the bar, everybody listening. For now, I appreciate your time, Pierce, and, and I wish you nothing but the best. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today, Joe. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.